I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I would die before my 28th birthday, yet I am 50 years old. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I have an amazing life despite living with two terminal illnesses. It's time for me to share my story before I can't. So here it goes. I'm Kelly Wilson, and this is my life in pieces. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So we're going to be talking about something a little bit more sensitive today. If you could just tell your listeners what our discussion is going to be about. So today we'll be talking about all things pregnancy. And uh, this topic has been weighing heavy on my heart in recent weeks. I just want you all to remember throughout this podcast that this is my story. And I don't presume to know what anyone else's experience it is but this is just mine. Absolutely. So taking us back to the very beginning of your story, what did it look like right from the start? So my first pregnancy was unexpected prior to me being married. And um, so we decided to get married. we'd been together for a while and I remember getting fitted for a wedding dress and thinking, Hmm, this belly is, is an unusual thing on my body. But anyway, we were pretty excited about bringing this new little one into the world. And, um, yeah, so. Absolutely. And speaking as someone who's had an unexpected pregnancy myself, like I, remember that excitement of your first baby and for me it happened to be two but I just remember that excitement and there was also a lot of fear that went with that so what did those months look like for you after you guys were married and you were just waiting on the baby's arrival so everything was going great and you know we were starting to buy a few little things and as my belly got bigger Um, my husband worked away. So, uh, one evening I was laying on the couch and I was experiencing quite a bit of pain and, um, enough that the next morning I went to the doctor and so she tried to find the heartbeat and couldn't. So I went over to the hospital and at that time was told the baby was no longer alive. So, um, I was devastated. My husband was devastated. I, I was quite far along in my pregnancy and, uh, I remember laying on the bed just when I had gotten home, um, just crying and crying and crying. I mean, you know, you become attached to this little being inside of your body and, and even though, I never got to meet this child. Um, it was very heart-wrenching and I loved this baby that I no longer. no longer had. And I think I can speak for everyone listening when I say that I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. And with your very first pregnancy, no less, I can't imagine the strength you would have had to pull out of you to keep going Where did you find that strength from? In the beginning, we grieved 
that child just like you would grieve anyone and we had to go through that process a lot of ups and downs and a lot of guilt of me feeling that I had done something wrong or you know even thought okay did I you know the beer battered fish and chips that I ate was that the cause or you know I just I I looked for whatever reason and there really wasn't one and so I allowed myself those feelings and what it did for me was I wanted to have a family and even though this little one wasn't with us I knew that I wanted to continue on and and to start a family and that's what we focused on as opposed to focusing on the loss that we felt. So you guys are pretty newly married. You've just experienced this horrible loss. And what did your journey look like from then on? So when it was safe to try to get pregnant again, uh, like I said in the beginning, that was an unexpected pregnancy. So when we planned to try, it just didn't come so easily. And month after month, it just didn't work. And, uh, you know, we were getting a lot of anxiety and stress because of that. And I started, you know, talking to the doctor about it. And we ended up doing things like taking my temperature. I remember back then, back in the day, everybody had a water bed <laughs> and they said we should get a different water bed or a different bed because it changed the temperature of your body. And so anyway, I would take my temperature and I remember one particular night, um, my husband was in Moncton, um, and I said, uh, I called him. I was like, my temperature's up. My temperature's up. And he's like, all right, drive down here. So I drove to Moncton. He got a hotel room. And it became a job. It really did. It wasn't spontaneous anymore. Sex became like, I wonder if this is going to be the time. And, and, you know, month after month, pregnancy after, or I mean, pregnancy test after pregnancy test, you know, and the days I would you know, get my period, I would be devastated. So um, eventually, about, you know, a year and a half of that, we ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son now. And um, yeah, that was, that was really a trying time. I, again, felt guilt. I felt like, okay, now there's something wrong with me. And I felt that, it was on me. And I know, I, I know him, he was probably feeling the same way. But, you know, it was hard to kind of communicate in that time, because we were both in our own heads. And I think, um, you know, as a woman, just being able to conceive and to carry a child and to, you know, bring life into this world, you just, you assume that that's what's uh, going to happen if, if that's what you want. And it's not always that way. Yeah. You kind of assume like it's going to be this easy thing that we're all supposed to be able to do so effortlessly, but that is not the case for majority of us. It's not an easy thing. So 
take us to that moment when you were a couple months from meeting your son and you were kind of coming up to the time where you lost your last baby. How did that feel nearing that due date for you? Well, I remember the night, um, <laughs> it was so funny, that I was going to do the pregnancy test because you had to, you had to take the pregnancy test in the morning. And I did at five o'clock in the morning and my husband couldn't sleep. So he went to the garage. And um, when I got the positive pregnancy test, I called everybody I knew at five o'clock in the morning. Like, I mean, everybody I knew to say that I was pregnant. And I think in that instant, those feelings of fear started to happen. So it wasn't two months prior to um, him being born. It was from the second that I found out. And, um, you know, you have that fear. And if, you know, through my pregnancy, he was just sleeping a little more or wasn't kicking enough, I questioned every single thing and I was very very sick throughout my pregnancies um like threw up 24 7 for my um son the one that you know I'm talking about now the pregnancy I'm talking about now he's 28 and I lost 37 pounds when I was pregnant with him all I could do was eat raw cauliflower and suck the juice out of of apples and you know was I giving him enough nutrition was it, you know, so much uh, fell on my shoulders to, you know, being this incubator for this tiny little living being and to make sure that I was doing everything right. And in the back of my mind, um, there was always that fear and it, it sometimes was overwhelming and that did not leave my body until that baby was in my arms. So I think that that's a pretty common feeling when you are pregnant or expecting. Um, but for you, it was just a lot more amplified because you had actually experienced that loss prior to it, but you obviously persevered and you have an awesome 28 year old out of it. So what does the next stage of your story look like? So, um, uh, again, I have, a uh, another son who's 24 and he, it was the same thing. There's three years between my two children and we kind of went through the same thing, trying to get pregnant with him. And again, I was very sick throughout my pregnancy and he was actually um, a month early because I was induced because he, I, my body was so sick. I just couldn't, I couldn't take it any longer. So as soon as he was okay to come out, he, he did. And um, his birth was a little bit scarier. Uh, he came very fast. I got my first pain at 1230. He was born at 1246. So 16 minutes later. And, you know, people think, oh, well, I was in labor for eight hours. But when your body unnaturally does what it's supposed to do in six to eight hours and 16 minutes. Like, I don't think I even breathed for 16 minutes. I can't so, even imagine. <laughs> um, when, 
Oh, <sighs> yeah. But it was, it was a lot. And when he was born, he wasn't breathing because he was born with the cord around his neck and he didn't cry immediately and they didn't give him to us. So that was a bit of a concern, a huge concern. I think we held our breath until he finally cried and, and it seemed like an eternity, but he was born healthy. And, and um, then after him, I had a couple miscarriages and um I also had an octopic pregnancy, which is a tubal pregnancy for some people who don't understand that term. And I had no knowledge of even being pregnant for the octopic. And when I was first traveling to LA for my first doctor's appointment for the sarcoidosis, I uh, found out the day I was leaving that I had um, that I was pregnant and they didn't think it was anything other than another threatened miscarriage. So I, two days after I got to LA, I had to have emergency surgery because in fact, the uh, tubal pregnancy had ruptured that day and I had internal bleeding to my liver and they said 15 more minutes that I would have bled to death without that surgery. So you had at this point you had two beautiful boys and one in heaven and you had this you had two miscarriages after this and then this ectopic pregnancy. How did it feel for you kind of feeling like you didn't really know if you're going to be able to continue growing your family or not? Well, when I first got sick with uh the sarcoidosis of the heart, my doctor asked me if I was done uh, having a family and I said, I didn't think so. And he said, you are now. So uh, they, they made that decision for me because my body just could not handle it. And in fact, they thought that maybe I had it longer than, you know, they had suspected. And maybe that's why I was so sick during my pregnancies. And during labor, they put the heart monitor on the baby, but they don't put it on the mother. So they still felt that they might have been able to see something had they monitored my heart at that time. So yeah, that decision was made for me that I could no longer have children. So um but I couldn't have uh, surgery, unnecessary surgeries to uh, complicate things with my heart at the time. So I just used uh, birth control from that point on. Absolutely. And the birth control was basically just going to keep you alive at that point. You were at a point where you couldn't have any more kids. It was detrimental to your health. What happened after that? So... Sometimes birth control fails, and in my case, that did. And I got pregnant, and again, and at this time, another decision was made for me, and I had no choice but to have a therapeutic termination. So, going back, like you said at the beginning, this is your story, and these are your pregnancies, and this is your experience. What would you give to someone in maybe a similar position, someone just starting their family or someone who's struggling? What information would you pass along to them as words of wisdom if someone is going through this? Well, 
I think when someone decides to start a family, um, everyone has their own journey. And I feel that children come into our lives in so many ways. And if you carry your own child, it's a miracle. And, you know, we get, as women, we get to grow these little tiny beings into humans that, you know, grow up and become adults. And, and it's really remarkable. In so many ways, though, aside from carrying your own child, I think, I think that, you know, adoption and I think surrogacy and I think um, using a sperm donor, whatever that looks like in your world is ultimately bringing a child into your family and there's no difference once they come through your door. It, you love them, you nurture them, you, you would die for these little people. And, and I think that sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves as, you know, potential parents. And for everyone, you know, it, it looks different. And for me, I have two grown children who I adore. I, you know, there's, there's babies that don't make it into the world. And, and sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason for that. And everything happens for a reason. And I have to believe that. And I have to, you know, always keep on that path in my life because I can ask all the questions I want, but not necessarily going to get the answers. But what I do have the answer to is the love of a child is beyond anything else that you ever feel. And however that comes to you, it's a blessing.